Welcome, and thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Hashtag Be the Good in Your Hood. It's a podcast dedicated to sharing the essential change that can occur in your place, in your neighborhood, and in your life through simple acts of hospitality. We are your hosts, Dave and Jen Colley. All right, well, welcome back to another week of Hashtag Be The Good In Your Hood podcast. And we, this week, are talking with some really dear friends of ours, Philip and Sylvia. They are from Sierra Leone. They're board members of Hospitality Matters. They are friends. They're amazing parents. Uh, They always have family or friends living with them. And if I could describe them, I would say that they are the welcomers and the friends in a neighborhood. Um, Philip is a practicing physician. Sylvia is a homemaker along with welcomer and neighborhood enthusiast, and we are just super excited about just joining with them and hearing their stories about all the different places that they've lived and existed, the things they've learned from their neighborhoods and their community. So you guys, thank you for joining us and welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Well, you know, we like to kick this off just hearing you tell us a little bit about who you are in the place that you live. And so if you were to describe your role in your neighborhood, as Dave mentioned, you've lived in some different ones, so you can speak to that as you will. Just tell us who you are, what your role is in your neighborhood. Yeah, you know, we've lived in several neighborhoods, as uh, Dave mentioned. Uh, We're from Sierra Leone, and that's a tiny country in West Africa. We were born and raised in the capital city, Freetown, and then we've lived in other neighborhoods as well in California, mostly uh, in the metro, as well as in Sonora, which is a tiny town. And we recently moved a year ago um, to Maryland, um, sort, sort of the suburbs of Washington, D.C. You know, but when we think about what our role is in the community, you know, it usually takes us back to where we were born, where we bread and and where we grew up, right? And that's where we really felt the true nature of what it means to be in a neighborhood where every single person felt like being a true community member, where you are actively engaged in everyone's life. And you're truly interested in ensuring that your neighbors, whether it's a literal neighbor or it's someone else, you know, further away, but you have that family feel where you're involved in their day-to-day lives and you're involved in raising the children and you have that welcoming spirit and that welcoming arms for um, any strangers that you may have. Um, yeah, and I also like to add that growing up in Sierra Leone as a tight-knit community, it's it's really interesting that even though you've lived with, because you've lived with people for a long time in the neighborhood, they turn out to be automatically family. We have friends, we have neighbors that are now cousins, and our kids ask us, like, how are you related? We're like, um, that's a long story. Here's your uncle. Here's your auntie. So... It's hard to to differentiate the blood relatives and just neighbors that become family now. Yeah, and, and that's an interesting point because we visited Sierra Leone with the kids, uh, you know, a few yeah. years ago, right before COVID, and and we went with our son Nathan. He's now eight at that time. I guess he was around five. You know, one thing that stuck with him is that he has so many cousins, right? 
and he has so many aunties and so many uncles just because you know that's the way the relationship is if yes. we have um, friends in our age bracket or even younger or older than us with that level of respect that is given they automatically become um, uncles and aunties right and if they have kids they automatically become cousins because okay. he, he always talks about, oh, I have so many cousins in in, in Freetown. And, and that's what exactly he means, because, you know, they say it, it takes a village to raise a child. Um, that's the way we were grown up and brought up back then, where every single family is involved in caring for each other and ensuring that, you know, the kids are brought up um, the way they're supposed to. I think that just really speaks to like, as far as your role in the neighborhood, um, a deep level of care, but also investment from what it means to be a neighbor, that you're not just around when people live, but you are caring deeply about who they are and what they're doing so much so that your kids, you know, pick up on this idea of we're a really big family. You know, we have that kind of care and investment in the people that live near us. And I think that's pretty incredible. When I heard you say that, two words stuck out. One was everyone was engaged yeah. and there was a respect for each other. What a cool way to view your role in a neighborhood, right? Like, are you engaged in your place and are you respecting those that are there? Um, someone told me the other day that, you know, you can choose your job or where you live and you can choose a lot of things, but most of the time you can't choose your neighbors. And a lot of times we choose to disrespect that. We don't choose to engage. We don't choose to get to know them. And because of that, we make assumptions and then we don't respect them because of what we see instead of what we know. And I just think that for you guys, coming from a community where that's the culture everywhere, kind of where's the good in this, right? Like we're, maybe we should just jump to this question. What good have you seen come from this? But what what is the good that's come from engagement and respect in a community in your life? I think, um, like you said earlier, deeper relationship is one of the good things. Because um, I remember in Sonora, where we lived for like five years, um, there was a day that Philip went to work at the hospital. I don't know if you remember. And I took a nap with my little girl because Nathan, the oldest, was in school. And when, when we take naps, I mute my phone. I put it, put it on silent. He had been calling me several times to tell me that he wasn't feeling too well. So he went to work. Wasn't He was sick at work. And he's been calling me for a long time. I didn't know. So I woke up and I returned the message, the calls. I said, what's wrong? He said, um, I've not been feeling well and they are transporting me to Modesto or they will be transporting me to Modesto because it's an emergency or they'll be riding me in the ambulance to Modesto, which was like an hour away. And waking up from a nap, I was, I was tormented. I was confused. I didn't know what to do. But what I remember doing was the first thing I did was called our neighbor, next door neighbor, Sandy. She was an older lady and all, but as soon as I called her and I told her, because I couldn't make up my words, I couldn't make up correct sentences because with that news and lo and behold that lady came in her pjs to my house knocked on the door with her pjs and she said sylvia what do you want to do tell me what you want to do i said i don't know what to do okay just change and i'll drive you guys to Podesto. I'm like, do you really want to do that? I can drive. She said no you can't drive and she drove us to the to Modesto waited the whole time why he ran his test, why they ran tests on him. We came home, it was nighttime. So that for me, those are one of the the, the examples or one of the, the good 
that I have received in being a good neighbor. And till now, we still talk. We still keep in touch. Which it's just, it was a special moment because I didn't know what to do at that moment. So for someone to step in, the time I needed them most was a whole lot of, I don't know, love. Was a whole lot of I think that speaks towards what we've known as a uh, as a community and as a neighbor, right? Where we're integrally involved, we want to know what's going on, not being nosy, but so that we could give you that support whenever that's um, needed, whether it's with you or with the kids. And you know, one of the you know, the examples that also is always probably going to stay with us um, when we lived in Sonora as well. We're pretty much new and we were looking for a church, um, a Bible preaching, a Bible loving church, and we went to church. We were making, we we're basically making, we were going to uh, a different church every single week. Until we find the right one. Until we find the right one. And then this beautiful Sunday, we went to um, Christian Heights. And, you know, we were, I mean, I, I guess they could see that we were strangers, right? And right at the end of the church, you know, a, a family came over and, and welcomed us. And not only welcomed us um, right there in the church, but also took us out for lunch, right? And that, that was your mom, Dave. That was Nana Sue. She did. <laughs> she we we do live this. The, it's a legacy. Yes, it's oh, a legacy. Like, it sounds yeah. like, and that's always going to stay with us. And she reached out. She's like, you know, what do you guys need? You know what? If you guys have time, let's go out to lunch and get to know each other. And wait, um, wait, let me interrupt. Uh -huh. She said, Hi. <laughs> Hi, you know how she she said it in a way that you can't you cannot you cannot back up. You know she's very inviting. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Da, 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 da. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing after church? I'm like, okay, should we go? Should we not go? <laughs> Who is this woman, right? We don't know you. <laughs> so it was great that we took up on the inv on the invite and then we went and it's been our legacy in in Sonora. So and, back to you. Yeah, so. and, and I guess when we got home, we we're like, this is the church, right? Yeah. Th this is it. Back. You know, we we can you know no need to yeah. seek out for another church. This is it because you know we got we were invited, we were welcome, and and that's the true nature of hospitality and and, and neighborhood. I love that example of just what welcome does for us. You you described very well that experience of when someone comes and they're so ready for you to come with them that you were like, well, I guess we should do this. We should we should be a part of it, which I think is a beautiful thing that sometimes um, and and maybe you were looking for that for someone just to come welcome you, but sometimes we don't even know that that's what we're we're looking for. We're needing is that person to initiate and welcome us into a part of that community. So thanks for sharing that. I think that's a really great picture of what it looks like to receive hospitality, but also what you've done in your places to give that, to really invest in people. And like you said, not to be nosy, but to care enough to know the people that are around you. And I think that's a great um, motivation, but also kind of encouragement for our listeners to say, you know, what kind of investment are we making in the people around us? And who is it maybe that's new, like you were, that we could reach out and say, why don't you come with me? Let's let's do this together. And so that's a great example of how we could do that as well. Yeah, I think it goes back to those two words that you mentioned in the beginning, right? The engagement, being engaged, but not nosy. Um, mm -hmm. Speak a little bit to that 
in your life? Like, what does that look like for you to be engaged but not nosy? I think, sorry, I think in life we have to we have to learn to draw the boundaries. You know your limit. You know, there are some things that people tend to not talk about and you have to respect that. Because being pushy sometimes um, threatens threatens people because like, ah, this person is too nosy, wants to know too much about me. And people need time. Some people need time to, to learn how to do that, how to share when they're ready, when they're prepared, you know. So it's, for me, I think it's okay to give people time. And also you have to have your boundaries with people, no matter how comfortable you are, but you have to make sure that they're ready to share the unpleasant parts of their lives. And, and I think it, it also boils down to understanding people, right? Um, respecting them, giving them their space. And, you know, I can tell you that coming from Sierra Leone, um, despite that closely knit community, um, there are a lot of cards, personal cards or family cards that are still held. Um, but that was one of the contrasts that we noted in the U.S. It's it's good to share. It's okay to share. But for you to, to be open up to be able to share, you have to understand where that person is coming from and how you can reciprocally get that back, right? If someone is being open, open all the time and you're being closed, closed, you know, it could strain the relationship. But then you might come across two, two neighbors who want to hold those cards, but you have to be respectful of that. It doesn't mean that you guys can be cannot be engaged and talk about other stuff and be there for each person. But just knowing those boundaries and, and giving that mutual respect and reciprocal, um, uh, you know, engagement, right? If, if, if you're opening up to me, I, I, I sit up on myself to be more open. And I could tell you that that's one of the things that we've learned uh, moving from Sierra Leone to the U.S., that uh, it's good to communicate, it's good to be open and, and share experiences. Hmm. The shared experience is probably really huge, but I, I agree with that. I've even done that here in this neighborhood where I've not respected the choices of other people and maybe have said something, not like super negative. I'm, I'm not really that mean guy on the on the block, but I can be like, hey, I want us all to do better as far as taking care of our place. And so when I've said that, they weren't at that level. They were kind of like, you can't tell me what to do. This is my house or my neighborhood. And I was kind of like, but it's, I, w- I was looking at it as our neighborhood and he was looking at it as my neighborhood and your neighborhood, not our neighborhood. And some of those conversations were kind of tense for a while. And I was like, why is that that way? Like, why is it so tense? Why does it feel so weird? And I realized I was going too far too fast. We weren't on the same page of what we, our belief system and our operating system was in the neighborhood fabric and what our role was, and I overstepped that. And and it's okay to do that, but I learned a, a valuable lesson of like, oh, well, if I do that with everybody, we're not going to actually have a very nice neighborhood because I'm going to be the guy pushing everybody to lock their doors and don't talk, and, and I don't want to be that either. So sometimes, you're right, we can try too hard, right? And if we're not engaged enough to know if that's too far or not, then we're not going to be very respectful. So that's that's a great insight. That's really, really good. Yeah, having that that emotional intelligence, right? To say, yep, I think let's pause here. Let's give it time to mature. Let's get to know each other in generic, general ways so that you can see the good in, in someone, right? 
And then someone can open up and say, oh, now I see where you're heading. Oh, you know, now we can move to the next the next phase. Yeah, I also want to add that it could be you could also add trust into that because people want they want to trust you with their with their not so good family issues or their personal issues. Because if I don't trust, if I don't have confidence in you, I'm not going to share what you want to hear. So I think as neighbors too, we have to remember that as individuals that you have to build that trust and that confidence in in people. Let them know that yeah, they can believe in you. If I say something, then it's gonna stop there or something. You don't have to overshare. So yeah, I think trust is something to be added. There's a long way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've we've heard that kind of mantra across many of our episodes this season where as people were talking about their role and what good they've seen and when we start kind of digging into like well how does that how does that actually come to fruition or how how do you see the good in that a lot of it's time and the time always produces trust and Mm -hmm. and you guys spoke to both those things right like it takes time to be present and engaged and and being respectful builds that trust and I just think that that's just such a good reminder for for us that as we talk about being the good in a in your hood, right, or being the good in your place, that you have to be engaged. It it is it's an intentional practice, mm-hmm. but it also is a slow practice. It's something that takes a lot of time, and over time the trust is built. Um, and so even as we kind of wrap this up today kind of a challenge to our listeners is to kind of take what we've learned today from the Clarksons, their experiences from Sierra Leone, where they've seen it as a whole community, to a visiting of a church, to neighborhoods and people in need. We've seen people engaged and learning to be respectful, but also giving time and space for relationships to grow. And and that's my challenge to those that are listening, is to look for ways to be engaged in those places where you live. Find the people where you can offer respect and service, and give it time and watch how that grows. And then you'll see the good come in your neighborhood. Well, that's that's there our hope. Philip and, and Sylvia, tell us kind of in one sentence, your biggest hope about your new neighborhood in the next two years. For me, I think it's going back to taking opportunities and ignoring missed opportunities. Again, you know, I, I still remember that Sunday when your mom reached out. I mean, if she had not, that would have been a huge missed opportunity, right? Uh, we may not have known you guys uh, and we would have proceeded to the next church. So even though we try to be mindful of people's boundaries, but it's also good to be that initiator, right? And reach out and and take hold of that opportunity and see what type of fruits um, it, it can bear. So I think for me personally, I'll be making being that initiator, right? And reaching out to family members to say hi, you know, I am Philip. Um, you know, let's get to know each other. You know, this is my lovely family, and and we see where that goes. And also having in the, in the back of my mind that I'm still respecting um, their space. That's really good. Sylvia, what would you say? Um, I don't know if this is the right word to say, but be persistent because we've done it once. We've gone around. We've tried to reach out and we haven't had this. We haven't had um, that in return. So I think we should not give up easily. We have to try again. Keep trying. Try and try again. Because some people, most people are not in the right in the right um, time of the space to, you know, encourage that or to, to accept such invitations. So yeah, I'll, that's a lesson for me. I'll have, I'll just have to try Keep again. Try. Keep on yeah. trying. Yeah. A, a wise person once said, you know, the day we stop trying is the day we fail. Mm. Mm. 
That's a good way to end. I love it. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us and being a part of this podcast. Thank you so much for your involvement in Hospitality Matters as an organization, um, us as people and friends. Um, we just appreciate and love you guys. Thanks so much for joining us today. All right, thank, thank you. you. It's, been, uh, it's been really nice. Thank you. Thank you.